You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. My name is Gabriel Valentin, and I am the creator of Digital Lizards of Doom and the founder of the brand new publishing company, Dizzy Doom Media. Today, I wanted to give you all a little tour of DDM and show you all of the rad stuff we have coming out. First, let's start with level one, Dizzy Doom, the first book in the Digital Lizards of Doom series. In this book, we meet Pineapple Pete, an ancient pineapple demon who has trapped an entire universe of characters inside a video game simulation. Unaware, the characters play out their roles as heroes and villains, bringing the famed wizard Dizzy Doom face to face with an evil robot known as Commander Echo. In the next book, Level 2, the story opens up just weeks after the ending of Book 1, with Commander Echo healing from a pretty severe battle. We get to learn more about Echo's relationship with his sidekick Spider-Nose and the truth behind why Spider-Nose is so loyal to Commander Echo in the first place. Meanwhile, on a far-off distant planet, our heroes find themselves in a compromising situation where Dizzy Doom must harness the power of the atomic pineapple so he can fight a giant mech gorilla in an epic kaiju showdown that will determine the fate of an entire planet of moth creatures. These two books are only the first in an eight-book series which will each take place in a different level of this video game world that this ancient pineapple demon has created. Everything we do here at Dizzy Doom Media is made for fans, by fans, and includes all of the things we love, from video games, tabletop gaming, comics, movies, and of course, music. Right now, I am currently working on several different multimedia projects, including a 21-song soundtrack with animation and a full orchestra. I'm also working with voice actors and puppeteers for the future adventures that will expand the Digital Lizards of Doom universe. I absolutely love putting these worlds together and making a place where everyone is encouraged to push their creativity to its max. So thank you so much for your support on this project. I look forward to seeing you all very soon. Be well. We got Gabe Valentine here. Um, you just heard his voice, uh, Dizzy Doom Media, Digital Le uh, Lizards of uh, Doom. Gabe, uh, super excited after that lead-in to introduce you to the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. <laughs> What's up, brother? How's it going? Glad to be here. It's, it's, it's great. Um, so I listened to that uh, uh, promo and uh, in doing a podcast about uh, creators, you know, there's a sound universe there. There's this whole visual universe. It's colorful. There's so much creativity going on in this. And I thought it'd be a good way to start to hear about to hear about you and, and, and putting together um, this this media. There's so much there. Tell us about tell us about what you're up to. Um. Well, thank first of all, thank you, man. Like, um, it's, you know, as an artist, I know I speak for a lot of artists, if not 
um, most artists, maybe even all of artists, but uh, it's it's such a slog to to get this stuff out there and to and to dig deep in yourself and pull these things out and to first of all be comfortable or maybe not even comfortable but be willing to put them out on page and so when people respond to it like you have and it just means the world to to myself and i, I know many other people as well so thank you so much man first of all yeah because um, uh yeah it's it's gnarly uh, this stuff comes from real places and um yeah man i mean speaking on the art i just i just want to make cool stuff like that's uh i that's just something I really, really want to do. I want to make cool art that makes me proud that, that are, that are made from stories that I'm just not getting right now. I know D-Lod is the, is the manifestation of years of hanging out with my friends, uh, campfires and by the pool and by the beach and just talking about how come no one's made a story like this yet? How come no one's done this yet? Like, oh, I really wish it'd be so cool if Zack Snyder would make something like this. Or it'd be so cool if Kevin Smith would write something like this. It'd be so cool if blah, blah, blah. And so after years and years and years of that, um, I just finally said, I'm going to do it myself. And I'm going to do it for myself. Uh, just because I'm, I was really missing this story. You know, I, I, love, I love Star Wars. I love high fantasy. I love space adventure. Uh, and I love Final Fantasy is one of my favorite video game series of all time. And I just wasn't really getting that from a lot of the graphic novels I was reading and looking for. I mean, we have Saga, which is amazing. Yes. Um, don't get me wrong, but that it, it it was it's amazing in a different way. Yeah. I really wanted this. I wanted something that made me feel like a kid again. I wanted something that made me feel excited to wake up on, you know, Friday morning or or get home by Friday afternoon so I could watch Batman Beyond or uh, Static Shock um, whatever Ninja Turtles, you know. So so I really wanted something that made me feel like that again and I hadn't experienced or spending spending the night at your friend's house on Friday nights, you know, after a long school, a long school week and then just playing video games all day, Saturday and Sunday, man, I just like, I just missed that. So, so I was trying to make basically like a bite sized pill of that and giving that to the world. Um, and anyone who would listen or, or read. So through that came all these different art forms. We have the story came first, which uh, a lot of people still don't know about, but the story came first I was writing this story, Digital Lizards of Doom, and I didn't have the finances or anything in place to produce a graphic novel the way I wanted to. So I, I knew a lot about music and I, I had been in bands. So I started just writing songs about the characters and creating a world for them and kind of like an ecosystem for them to exist in with the hopes that when it came time to expose the world to the, the book, I would kind of already have this built-in fan base. So I did that for years. I ended up getting picked up by Noise Cartel Records. The music kind of t took on a life of its own, which was uh, just totally blew my mind. And we started touring regularly, um, playing with so many different musicians. Our first album had, I think, seven or eight different um, 
features on it from musicians all over the world. It was just totally wild. And then, you know, that, that kept going on. And then I was like, wait, like this, this is awesome, but people still don't know the story and I'm in a better place financially and I have a little bit more connections now. So I buckled down and I finalized the first four books. It's, um, there's, we're on, we're on book two right now. Uh, that's about to come out. And, but all eight books are written, which is awesome. I'm really stoked about that. And, um, so I finalized the story. I had it finite. I made the maps. I made the technology. I made the ships and everything that I, I wanted to include. Made the, the Bible, I guess, basically, of the universe. And then we started getting to work. I got uh, hired artists and um, editors and, and everybody to <clears throat> help me make the first book. Um, I pitched the first book to Clover Press. Which was uh, there as they were. It's a, they're founded by Ted Adams and Robbie Robbins, the the founders of IDW, and um, they picked it up, and we sold a couple thousand copies in one month, and then um, now we're doing the second book, and it's just and I'm I'm not I'm no longer with Clover Press. We're all we're all friends and everything, but um, I went out on my own and started my own publishing company. And I just needed a little bit more freedom to make the music, to make the the animation that I want to do, to make the the spinoff series that I want to do. So um, I just kind of took it back, and we're like I said, we're getting ready to release book two, and it's just an accumulation of music, uh, visual art. We're working on video games and apps, um, animation. It's just a universe where everyone's welcome and people who enjoy all of these different things that make us nerds can come and have a safe place to, to enjoy and, and have fun. in. so, yeah. And, and, you know, there's, uh, thank you for all of that. It's, 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 it's really inspiring and exciting. And one of the things I mentioned to you was like all the different components that brings that, that universe to life. And, um, thinking about like on this podcast, uh, obviously I, I talk to a lot of different type of creators, but this conversation is a bit unique in the sense of like the integration of these different forms into, in, into the universe. I heard a lot about what you're saying, Gabe, um, you know, as far as like, you know, being able to be, uh, be a kid, right. To, to enjoy yeah. yourself, you know, as, as an adult, we forget, we forget that. And we're well, um, not to, you know, it, we get we get busy one of the things i wanted to mention to you um because i was thinking about all the different components of what you do i was talking to my son who's a who's a gamer he loves fantasy loves games and of course games are so advanced right now i was telling him about when uh when i i'm 48 so my first computer was a texas instrument computer my favorite game was tunnels of doom which was a very simple dungeon crawler of 10 levels. And you loaded the game with uh, cassette data into the computer. And wow. it was a total of 32K, uh, both the game and going into it. But it was a full like uh, universe. And I was talking to my kiddo, and I'm, I'm trying to explain this. I'm like, 
this is of such a different time and era. It's difficult to yeah. explain data loading in through a cassette tape. So um, obviously so much more at, at, at your disposal now. But I want to, Gabe, I want to go to the, the, the kind of like seminal question I ask at the, at the beginning uh, of, of, you know, formal interview. When you were born, talking about you when you were a kid, when you were born, were you an artist when you were born? So, you know, I, I used to say no uh, to to these types of these types of questions, but like, or, or when people would ask, like, "Oh, when did you start? When did you know you wanted to be an artist?" And um, I don't really know when I I knew. I think I knew when I was about. I want to say when I was about thirteen or fourteen is when I think I knew knew. But um, before then, um, and again, I used to say no to this question, but I think from birth, I was, um, I've always been a storyteller. So not an artist, like I wasn't really writing anything down or drawing. I can't draw for crap. Everyone needs to know that. I can't draw to save my life. But um, I, I can't either, Gabe. We, we shared that of drawing. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I mean, you should see. I wish I had something. You should see my storyboards because I do. I do all the storyboards for for the for the um, book, um, and I am just constantly apologizing to my artists. Like, no, that's Commander Echo's head. That's not a. That's not another planet. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I just like, like draw things like. It's like inside, but there's stars. No, those aren't stars. Those are supposed to be torches. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I do all the storyboards for the graphic novel, but it's it's like stick figures and bubbles. But, um, but no, I think at a very young age, um, we, I grew up, my family and I um, weren't very uh, financially well off. Um and we weren't like poor, like starving or anything like that. You know, my dad had a had a he worked for the city of San Diego, and um, you know, it wasn't like we were scrounging for food or anything like that. So I don't, I don't want people to get that impression. But um, but we didn't really have a lot of we had enough to get by. That's that's basically what we had, and we lived on the land a little bit. Like we had chickens and. Um, uh, goats and we had our own vegetables and things like that. Um, and so growing up was very interesting because we didn't have a TV for a long time. And once we even got a TV, it was VHS tapes. They wouldn't even buy a DVD player. They, they only, they bought whatever the cheapest thing was cause they didn't really watch TV. So they just bought a VHS player. So I actually got to grow up with VHS, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, because I know a lot of people my age didn't. So, um, so that was pretty cool. And then, um, so I, like through that and kind of running out of content because we we'll, we have a very limited amount of what we could watch on TV, unless again, unless I went to my friend's house, um, or my cousin's house or grandma's house. When I went to grandma's house, it was just cable. She had cable. So it was just like, we watched everything. Like I was just glued to the TV. But um, it was like it was almost like I was hibernating, you know, or getting ready for hibernation, like no <laughs> hibernation, just like like a like a squirrel, just cramming as much TV as I could. Um, but no, because of that, I never um, 
I just kind of told my own stories to myself, to my family. I just would like make things up. Um, you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, I saw like a, like a, a um, dragon today. He was like in the sky and, um, and I, I, I tried to follow him, but you know, I kind of lost him around here and I, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a cave in my yard somewhere in our yard where, where this dragon lives. I'm going to find him, you know, and I would just, like, they were so outlandish that I, I hope people thought <laughs> or people like knew I was being silly, but you know, I, I think there's probably some times when my parents worried about me, but, um, but I would tell these stories and I would tell stories for other people. I'd try to make people laugh and I would try to distract myself too with these stories and just try to create this universe that I wanted to live in instead of the current one that I was in. So I, again, I used to say I wasn't, or know that I wasn't a creator when I was born, but, um, now I've, I've really changed the way I look at that because I think I've always just been a storyteller just naturally. Um, even when it came to getting out of trouble, the ridiculous stories that I would come up with to try to lie and get out of punishment was just, I mean, no one in their right mind would ever believe the things I said. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was fun. It was like fantastic and it was an escape. And since I didn't have, I always wonder if, if, if I would have had access to these things, like if I would have been able to watch more TV or if I would have been able to play more video games or anything like that, if things would have changed. So I, I really don't know my, my first console, like my first TV console, this is no joke was uh, PlayStation four. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I grew up because my parents were like, no video games, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. So I grew up playing portable handhelds because they wouldn't let me have a TV in my room and they wouldn't let like a friend could spend the night and we could, we could hook up a console to the RTV that night. But when he went home, it went home with him. Yeah. So for me, I got, my uncle got me a Game Boy Pocket, um, like late nineties, I think, and maybe early two thousands. And that just changed my life. And it was, it was Game Boy. It was just Game Boy, yep. uh, PlayStation portable, whatever portable system I could get my hands on. So most of my video game memories are from portable handhelds because I wasn't allowed to play, you know, console games. So so yeah, I, I always wonder if like these things influenced me in in such a strong way. I mean, I fell in love with Final Fantasy because you couldn't really play shooters on a Game Boy; they didn't work. Right. Um, I played Legend of Zelda, and you know the, that's the stuff I played. And it's just it's bizarre how much that stuff had an influence on me. So yeah, I I mean, you bring up uh, so many fascinating questions. Like you said, I mean, if you define yourself as, uh, you know, like a storyteller and seeing yourself having that attribute, sometimes like right now, there's so many stories that are being told to us and we can adopt those mythologies and those type of stories. But maybe if we're not exposed to them or we want to create our own, you know, there's this whole other space over here where you're like, this is the universe I'm creating, not one that's yeah. set for me. So I think how I could see that and how you develop digital lizards of doom is going to be very particular to your history, like in, in, yeah. in, in, in you know, in your life. Um, 
one of the I you know I asked uh, some some big questions uh, in this show, and um, the one I like a lot um, about art, um, I like to apply it to to one of my passions, which is you know graphic novels, comic books. When you talk about the universe that's created, um, when I was a kid, that was the universe that I went into and I adored, and I got that from my dad, you know, who loved comics. Um, when we start talking about art. Uh, and I do it in the show, everybody kind of gets, uh, what you know, which is art? Is this art? Is, is, is that art? Or is this high mm -hmm. art or low art? Or defining yourself as an artist, I don't paint, or all that type of thing. Yeah. The big question as I'm just mumbling along here is, <laughs> what is art? What is art? You know, I, my brain my brain goes to this very simple, just kind of quantifying explanation. I, I feel like I feel like art is anything that somebody creates that is inspired by an emotion, an event, a memory, a person inspired by anything, basically like, you know, I, even if I don't appreciate the art, like I remember one of the wackiest things I think I've ever seen was in New York. There was this, there was this, uh, museum of like high fashion art, or, or I don't know if it's like, I don't think high fashion was the right word, but just this you know, high quality next level art. And it was a bed. It was a bed frame with a mattress on it covered in baloney. And like the whole thing was covered in baloney. And uh, it may have been a statement, like a animal rights statement. I'm not sure. Um, I got that vibe. I, I didn't spend too much time on it. Yeah. But you know, people were kind of like, then I heard about it later in, in the news and, and people were like kind of dogging on it. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know, man, like I, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe if the artist explained it to me, I would. Um, but that's still art to me um, because that person something happened to that artist that caused him to go out and make these things. He spent time on it. You know, he, he designed this thing. I don't know if you heard recently, there's a guy who sold a, um, he sold an invisible statue an yep. invisible sculpture. Did you hear about that? I did. And, and my friend, my friend, you know, cause we've actually had this conversation a couple of times and he's like, okay, so even you, even you, have to admit that this isn't art. This is this is something invisible that the guy created. Like you can't even like bullshit your way through this, right? Like, and I'm like, uh, and he's like, no, like what? Come on, man! Like, there's no way this is considered art. And I said, dude, here's the thing, though, that <laughs> people keep missing. I'm not even saying I'm not even saying I like what that guy did. I, I'm not even I'm not even saying like I think it's a cool thing, but what I am saying is that he provided 
an experience for this individual, whoever purchased that item, that invisible item. Um, he create, he is now creating an experience for how many other people who are going to walk into that guy's home and, ex and say that and leave that guy's home saying, uh, we got to experience the invisible sculpture. That's, he just created a talking point. He just created an experience. Yeah. That's art. And I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying like that. I think everyone should do that or like that. I would have bought it if I had like, cause I wouldn't have, but that's not even something I would want to do, but you have to, you have to give credit where credit's due. And I, I think we're in a weird time right now where like people just, everything is so black and white. I think people have really forgotten how to communicate with each other and understand each other. Um, it's either like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. This guy has an invisible sculpture. I thought it was dumb. I'll, I'll be honest. Like when I first saw it, I thought it was kind of silly. Or not dumb. I thought it was silly. Yeah. But the more I thought about it and who knows, like who knows the point behind him doing this? The more I thought about it, I was like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting idea. Um, he made something and here I am. I'm affected by it because we're talking about it. So like I, I got to experience on it, it, that, that art form on a small level. Um, so I think art is just anything that causes you to create. Now, some might argue that because it's invisible, he didn't create anything, but he created an experience. So he still created something. Um, you know, the only reason books are are selling is because you you buy a book and the words are written down but you know when we were in the caveman days we just shared these stories with each other and drew pictures on the wall so you know that's not real that's not something tangible you can't you can't like you know besides the drawing of course you can't just tell a story to somebody you know jokes jokes are free but that's art that's right. an art form so so yeah i think I think anything that just inspires you to create is, uh, and, and then the, the form of doing so creating the thing would, would be art. And I think, uh, I think, I think it's cool. I think, I think it's interesting that stuff like that exists, but, um, I mean, I, I'm trying to do it a little bit in a different way. But, make it um, make it make it a little bit easier than a no uh, in the invisible graphic novel. Yeah. You know, the invisible graphic <laughs> novel. I like you, Gabe, but I'm I'm definitely looking for the digital lizards of doom, <laughs> not because then the I I, I uh, on the invisible sculpture. I, I I really share a lot of your thoughts because I think it. I think what it does for me that's philosophy right there, right? Because they were talking yeah. about a thought, and we're talking about a thing, and I would say. Let's say you and I and eight other people were standing around the table and that artist said, well, here's the invisible sculpture. And would you like to talk about it? Right. And you're looking at yeah. it and you're being like, oh, that that one's holding and it's a sword. It's holding a mighty sword. And look over at me. I'm saying, no, that's a beautiful goddess from, you know, like, and yeah. there's a conversation going on. And it's it's like the idea of the artist's trickster, which, you know, that's always fun. It's always yeah. fun. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll um, 
we will uh, maybe I'll plop in the invisible sculpture as a question in future episodes, Gabe. And you and That's I awesome. through that will explore uh, what an invisible sculpture is uh, for us. I'm fascinated. You're fascinated. We'll talk about it some more. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So um, I appreciate your comments around uh, what art, what art is, and definitely a lot of questions that come out of that. What about, or say now you have an art piece, um, doesn't matter what it is, but I want to ask you, Gabe, what is the role of art? Like what is art supposed to be doing for us as humans? Do you think it has a proper role or what's its <clears throat> role in society? Um, man, that is a really good question. Um, I don't, I feel like something similar to how I feel about God is I, I don't think, I don't think something like that should be put into a box. Um, and I, I think there's, there's people out there who would probably definitely disagree with me on that, but, um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it has a specific purpose. Um, I think it's, it can be applied to so many different things. That's what makes it so beautiful. So I think that when it comes to, you know, it can be used, it can be used for evil. It can be used to tear people down. You know, it can, someone can make, something that describes a group of people or um, gets other people to hate a certain group of people. Um, it can be used to lift people up. It can be used as an escape. It can be used as satire, you know, very, which is a very popular form of art right now is satire and twisting twisting the fabric of reality just enough to where you laugh at it, but it's still sad because it's something that exists or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know if there's like a proper use, but I think that's why it's, it's kind of the, <clears throat> it's kind of a last frontier kind of thing because, you know, we, we actually just kind of talked about it is like, what even is art? And I think it's something that hopefully stays wild. That's never really tamed. Um, I don't even know how that, that could happen. Um, but I don't know. I mean, for me personally, what I use it for is to help calm my mind. My mind is constantly racing with a lot of different things and struggling with a lot of different things. And art really... The art forms that I enjoy the most, I should say, because obviously not all art, but the art forms that I enjoy and I spend time on really help ease my mind and calm my spirit. Um, and I think of uh, the story of of uh, David and uh, David and Saul when and from the Bible, and and Saul's just he has all these he's like crazy and he's like killing the these people and these these doctors and these these wizards and 
they he's like i need help like someone help me with it sounds like he has an anxiety you know and he can't nothing is soothing him and then here comes along this guy with a harp david and he just plays this beautiful music and it soothes it soothes soothe soothes um uh, Saul's mind yeah and so um yeah I just think I think about that and I I feel like that's what it uh, that's what the purpose is for me is just to calm me down it's soothing it's um comedic it takes me to a different world it makes me it inspires me it makes me feel like i can go out and be powerful and do these things and accomplish wonders um and then uh for other people you know it's it could be a reminder of of how crappy things are you know it could be a negative thing it could be or again it could lift people up too it could remind it could remind us that we can do better um so I don't know. That's that's a really. I'm gonna have to think about that some more because that's a really, that's a really awesome question. I've never yeah. really thought about what the purpose of art is. Yeah, and and I, um, one of the things that I found, and and thank you uh, for your for your comments, Gabe. One of the things I found in the podcast, you know, um, so there's over a hundred episodes right now, and of course, prior to doing it. You don't know what it is. You don't know what mm -hmm. conversations you can have. And you don't know what journey you're going to go on. But one of the things that quickly developed, and I've talked about this before, is that really just got into psychology, healing, uh, personal expression, like an authentic life. And it, it wasn't just like, what, what's the art thing that you made? And what about that? It was like, yeah, that came out as a decisive moment in my life when I left this, created this, and I created a whole new persona. Like after that, it's like, whoa, okay, like it isn't just <laughs> it isn't just a painting I put up on the wall. It is a representation of a transformation, and um, yeah. and that, it, not wanting to describe that, but just recognizing and honoring the power of that uh, is something that I quickly learned. Um, to do and it really connected the personal you know the personal to the to the uh what what you create um That's awesome man so gabe uh i know i've been hitting you with the big questions um oh, this, way, man. I, I love this, this awesome. <laughs> i know i know you do um and we're speaking with gabe valentine uh creator of uh digital lizards of doom uh dizzy doom media and um, the question I have, and you can refer to objects or people, what or who made you who you are? <clears throat> Actually, I kind of know the answer to this question. Uh, there's a lot of people around me, and I could, I could list the people all day long. Um, but there's so many I got, I was so fortunate to have good people in my life that, um, helped guide me down certain paths and, and steered me away from other ones. And there's just way too many to, to name, but quantifyingly, um, I would probably say, 
Samurai Jack. Um, <laughs> Samurai Jack, Superman, Batman, uh, Indiana Jones. These were like my role models growing up. Um, Jesus, actually. Uh, you know, there's not the not the surfer dude white jesus that you know we've or like bad religion puts it the best the american jesus i freaking love that song right one of my favorite bands of all times bad religion yeah um but uh not that the the biblical personification of jesus the the man who opened his heart up to poor rich um prostitutes um uh, liars murderers thieves um and just showed um religious nut jobs too even you know even even talk to them even talk to the religious people and and tried to get them to change their ways like you guys got it all wrong man like no 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 you know though god isn't God isn't expensive. You know, you don't have to pay for God. You know? <laughs> he doesn't like you or love you less if you give him money. You know, it's not, it's not how it works. And um, so, you know, growing up with these and reading these stories, Greek mythology, I love Greek mythology. Um, I Hercules uh, was, I got into Hercules because of Superman. You know, I, I had heard all of these, I had read all these Superman comics and I was like, what a cool story. And so I was like, well, you know, Superman was based off like Hercules. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm not I'm not so sure if that's totally entirely true now, but I went back and that's how I first heard about Hercules. And I read the Hercules stories, and there's definitely a lot of similarities there. Um and so yeah, man, I just these heroes that they did not always have it easy, but they they made the right decisions and they struggled and they fell and they rose again and they continued to fight and fight for people, fight for good. And these are the things that made me who I am. I want to fight for good. I want to fight for people. I want to love on people like if the people that the person that nobody else wants, because I've been there. I've been there so many times. I've been the person that nobody else wants. Yeah. And, um, it, it hurts. It's a very hard feeling. It's a very dark and empty feeling. And if I'm around somebody, if I know them or not, I don't want that person to feel that way. If I'm there yep. and I'm within arm's reach, I just want to love on that person. I want them to know that, you know, they, they have someone they can count on and they can, they can, um, they can share uh, that experience with and, Someone that is happy that they exist, someone that believes in them and, and is happy that they are alive and and alive on this earth and present on this earth. And um, a lot of these themes, too, are, are in are sprinkled throughout um, the Digital Lizards of Doom series. Um, I touch on a lot of different mental health issues, um, not so much. I don't try to keep it heavy handed because I still want it to be light and fun and, and silly. But I, I feel like for the people who have gone through the things that get mentioned in the book, I feel like they'll know, 
when they when they read it. But um, but uh, yeah, man, I I think it's uh, these are the things that made me who I am, and I I hope other people I hope other people just want to start loving on each other, man. It's it's time. It's um, it's really time, man. Like, aren't you guys tired of it? You know, like I just try to tell people that, like, aren't you tired of just hating? this side because they voted for this guy or that side because they voted for that guy and 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 all this stuff just trips me out how i've said this a couple times before if you really think about it we all want the same thing like everybody everybody in in the world for the most part wants the same thing we want the government to stay out of our business we don't want the government or somebody else to tell us what we can and can't do with our bodies um, we don't want anyone telling us who we can and can't marry. We don't want we want to we want to have a nice house. We don't want to be starving. We're not even a nice house. We want to be able to eat, you know, eat <laughs> yeah. food and provide for our families and and our friends and have friends over and enjoy and laugh yeah. and sing songs together. Whatever you want to do, watch TV together. Um, and we want to feel safe. We don't want to feel like if we go outside, we're going to get shot, or we don't want to feel like, you know, um, we're we can't go enjoy nice things because we're not rich enough or whatever it is how is it that pretty much if you asked if you if you for the rest of your life ask that question around the world i guarantee you like 99.9 percent .9 of the people are going to say that that's how they feel right and yet we are we are so divided right now this person's mad at that person that person's mad at this person and it's just it's amazing the confusion that I mean the powers that be because I don't know who they are. I don't, I don't know who's pulling the strings or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it blows. It trips me out, man. It trips me out that like we all pretty much want the same thing and yet we're so divided. And so that's those are the types of questions and stuff I try to put in my books and in my art is like how how can we remove these lies and stuff from what we've been told our whole lives and get back to the basics of humanity and being there for each other and um, being united. So went off on a little bit of a rant there. Ben. No, man, I would, and I'm just, you know, honestly, uh, you know, listening and, and, and engaging with that. I mean, I think of a lot of what you had to say there of like the potential for art to bring empathy, right? Like to of yeah. art to like, connect people i heard a, a lot about the, that there and you know honestly too about even you know saying the word uh saying the word love i deal with the, you know I, I work as a union rep in my 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 day job and i've been involved in collective endeavors for a long time and those collective endeavors are based on love right uh the working person is somebody that i love and respect and i want them to have a good working experience and yeah. when you mentioned the word in that concept, it, it in that context, a lot of times, particularly as a male, it's like, all right, fruity, all right, enough. <laughs> with the, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. for me, it's the fundamental basis of of, of doing things. Because if I didn't love and I didn't give a shit, I I don't. It's something else that I'm doing, and it's not yeah. what I'm doing. And it's connected to art as well, because. I think a lot like with you creating a universe, Gabe, and you inviting folks into it and the color and the music or the permission to, to be a, a child. That isn't, you know, I think it's pointed towards, you know, compassion and love and just 
invitation. You know, permission to be a that. child. Wow, you just, dude, that is an epic sentence right there. Okay, you can take that ten seconds. It's yours. You can. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Permission to be a child. That's that's amazing, man. Wow. I've um through recent uh, conversations I've had with people who are experts in childhood development, who are artists, who are teachers, um, they see they see everything that kids have, that adults still have, that adults still remember, and. Um, there, there, you know, there's, there's a, there's a whole lot there. I really appreciated uh, your comments, and um, uh, you know, I think one of the things the way you spoke about is something that I like of speaking about things and maybe in an idiosyncratic way of right of like taking Jesus Christ and not saying, okay, here's a pre-described, pre-digested version. You're going to say, yeah. no, this is this is this is a personal thing. This is what it means to me. This is what yeah. I got. And um, that's really powerful. Um, and and I, I really appreciate that. Gabe, we're on a roll right now. So I'm going to go for the titular. Let's, question, let's get it. the titular question of the of the entire show. And it could be a short answer. It could be a long answer. But I don't know the answer to the question of why is there something rather than nothing? Wow. Why is there something rather than nothing? The first thing that comes to my head is because the reason that there's something rather than nothing is so I could be sitting here right now having this experience and this conversation with you. And I would apply that to I would try to, because I, I I will definitely fail, but I would try to apply that to, and encourage others to apply this to, every aspect of life. The reason there is something rather than nothing is because you are experiencing something right there in that moment, and that's that's reason enough. Yeah. And if you look closely, you'll 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 be able to find a reason for for that lesson you're being taught for that love that you're receiving you know for that for that pain you know if you're experiencing pain uh and you're going through a hard time you've been going through a hard time and i'm preaching to the choir here everybody's (laughs) listening preaching to the choir kids um it's hard it's really hard it's it's extremely difficult to to understand why we're going through painful situations. Uh, But what I have realized, I've met a lot of people all over the world, from all different parts of the world, been to a few different parts of the world myself, and you might be going through something, and based on how you come out of it, something painful, based on how you come out of it, you might be able to bless somebody else with knowledge on how to get through it. They might not have the same tools or resources you did, but because you went through the same thing and you're the person that you are, you might be able to save somebody's life. You know, you might be a more resilient person that this thing might not, it still hurts, but it's not the end all for you, but it might be the end all for somebody else. Yeah. And if you come in contact with that person, and you say, hey, this is how I got through it. 
Have you ever heard of this book really helped me? Yep. This teacher really, these words really meant a lot to me. And that per, you might save a life in something like that. So, and it's not always that, you know, dramatic, but, um, but I would say, yeah, that's, that's the answer. That's, it's because you, something exists rather than nothing because you needed to be here in this moment experiencing this thing. So. Yeah. Uh, woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, Gabe, um, I want you to spend a little bit, uh, time now, uh, un unwinding and unpacking how the audience, how listeners can connect with your art, Dizzy Doom Media, <clears throat> Digital Lizards of Doom. Uh, I want folks to know and have in their hands or in their ears how to interact with okay. your art. Um, yeah, so I, I think – so I've been saying this a lot lately. Um, I, I've been telling people just to Google Digital Lizards of Doom. I've It's – I don't know what it is, but I think it's a little bit more entertaining. Uh, people kind of get to click on what they want to click yeah. on. So if you just Google Digital Lizards of Doom, you know, our our, uh, our main website will come up at the top, but and there's other things too. There's articles about us, there's there's articles about the world, there's links to music. Um, but if you want to get in touch with me directly and and quickly, um, I would say either email me at gabe at dlodworld.com or uh, message me on Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram the most out of all of the social media platforms. So uh, it would just be Dizzy Doom Media. And um, I'll be on there. And, you know, send me a message. Say, hey, I want to I wanna talk or I, I'm going through a rough time or uh, I... I want to hear some music. It doesn't have to be something serious either. It's like, I want to know more about what the story is about. And, um, let me know. I'll send you like a digital copy or something. You can check it out. And if you want to, if you want to purchase it later, um, I would be honored. That'd be really cool. But yeah. And then uh, if you're on Twitter, um, it's just at DLOD world and, uh, Facebook is just digital lizards of doom. And, and then our website is dlodworld.com. So, that's pretty much it. Thanks. Hey, um, normally don't ask a question after that, Gabe, but I do have a question because, yeah, yeah. Of, the, because of the way that you described the universe. And if I don't ask it, it, it probably ain't going to be asked. So I'm interested in the fact that you described of creating the Digital Lizards of, Zoom, of Doom with 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 music so it, it had this life and started to create characters of its own and sounds of its own that way when you started to depict or start depict in in visual form all of that was did it look different be, from like how things had kind of developed as far as sounds or the characters or voices did you end up with there's a universe here that's been created with the sound and now it looks this way is there was there a collision there um there's there's definitely a couple changes um uh, but for the most part it hasn't changed much which is which is kind of freaky um 
I've had the concept. I've had the at, at at the soul of it. I've had the concept for Digital Legends of Doom since I think I was in high school. I love um, this the idea, and again in the in its simplest form, not really character names yet, but I've always been fascinated with this idea that if there was, uh, well, for one, I love trickster mythology, like from from Greek mythology. I love tricksters. How they can just manipulate time, space, reality, and it and the the effects it can have on the universe, and then um, and the opposite. Sometimes it doesn't have any effect. So I've always been obsessed with the idea that this trickster, this in this case, this ancient pineapple demon, um, could basically capture an entire universe and. Uh, put it inside a video game and and sell it to other universes. Like, I've just always kind of had this idea in my head. And it used to be Planets. I actually wrote a song when I was 18 years old called Pirating Planets. And it's the first ever manifestation of this thought that I put out into the world. And it was with an old punk rock band I, I played in. And I don't know, I've just always been fascinated with that idea. And so at the core of it, not a lot of stuff in D-Lot has changed. The The heroes and their motives haven't changed. Um, they, if it, What's changed has been the vehicles that get them there a little bit and the things that they might say. But for the most part, who they are hasn't changed. And mainly... Um, I've been a little bit more open about this lately, but mainly it's because the main characters in the book um, are basically what I go through on a day-to-day basis in my head. It's like my different, it's all of the different people and uh, and emotions that I want to be and that I struggle with. You know, Pineapple Pete represents um, this controlling personality you know i i i feel i feel lost and i feel out of control sometimes and i want to control everything in my world and um even though it might hurt other people i want control Uh, i seek control and i have to fight that and um dizzy doom who just always wants to do the right thing he's he's the superman the samurai jack you know he's he always wants to do the right thing he wants to be the hero that's what i want to be um but dana deathly she represents um, pain, and she she's a she wants to be a hero, but she she's not sure if she's willing or has what it takes to be a hero because she's been screwed over so many times, she's been hurt by so many people. Um, and Warty Morta, uh, she's the witch, and she she represents um, pain. She represents all she represents the she's the opposite of dana deathly dana deathly is the one who's been through the shit yeah but is deciding to do the right thing anyways warty morta is the one who's been through the shit but she's she's letting it change her into more evil and it's this constant struggle i i have myself it's like you know someone hurts you someone lies to you someone someone uh lies to your face screws you over you want to like, you know, you want to get back at them. You want to like screw them over, and, and you got to fight that because 
that's just that's just going to lead you down a dark path, you know. And um, so yeah, it's like these revenge fantasies almost. So because of that, the characters haven't changed that much because they're very real. They're very real conversations I have with myself, and and this book is, in a way is basically therapy <laughs> yeah. uh, for myself and hopefully other people as well. Oh, 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 uh, definitely. And that's the, that's, that's the, that's the component that, that holds so much power, you know, as we tell stories and see things and, or music, whatever way it reaches us, um, kind of do why you're doing what you're doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, Everybody, um, uh, we've been talking to uh, Gabe Valentine, and um, I really appreciate your time, Gabe. Um, I appreciate being introduced uh, to um, uh, to your work uh, and in in art. Uh, my, you'll recognize the position I'm in right now of wanting to grab at everything and everything that's in that universe. So I just got to be patient, take some time, grab this. That's the way that I am. I like to go all in on it. And and thank you for you know, kind of helping me and the, and the listeners kind of take a little, uh, you know, take a peek in about how the, how art's created and, and, and why you're yeah. doing it. Um, super pleased, Gabe, um, uh, for you to, for you to appear on, uh, on the podcast. Oh man, it's been an honor, dude. We got to do, we got to do this more often, man. We, we got so much stuff to talk about, so we'll have to we'll have to have like a part two or something like that. I would very much, uh, very much like to. And uh, heck, there's so many levels of D-Lot or Digital Lizards of Doom. There's so many levels and you just keep going. Each, <laughs> each, we'll keep doing each game level and see where we get, brother, okay? Sounds good, man. Thanks so much, Gabe. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. This is Something Rather Than Nothing, 